Okay, I think it's time that we address the elephant in the room. I regret to inform everyone that the woke moralists at youtube.com have decided to cancel our podcast. Yes, I, I don't understand why or what the... Uh, I lost it. Yeah, that's a bad cold open. <laughs> that's a bad cold open. You, YouTube uh, deleted our account, no warning or anything. I, I guess they thought that us linking to our friends' businesses was a scam. No, they wanted to cover up my true, uh, my true gospel about uh, how bad Endgame was. Disney, Disney owns YouTube. Did you know that? Did you know that? Wait, do they really? I, I don't know. I'm just. It's pr- probably. <laughs> probably they own like everything they're gonna turn the freaking frogs into uh, disney adults <laughs> they turn the frogs into disney adults it's, it's true. speaking of i i just want to give a quick shout out to my sister and her wife they just got married and are currently on their honeymoon at disney okay i was about to say how's that relevant are they disney adults yeah i i mean i wouldn't call them hardcore disney adults but i it, I feel like as far as honeymoons go, Disney parks, that's that's a fun place to go, right? And I have one message for Mickey Mouse, and that is up yours. first the are we not even are we doing an intro or or intro or anything oh right right (laughs) are you are you up for this today no i am yeah okay (laughs) yeah okay just wanted to make sure yeah okay hello i am dylan cannon don't have anything clever to say and i'm paul lang twitter personality anime fan and living cartoon character and this is our podcast we talk about movies. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. And we're and we were canceled by the woke mob. I seriously don't know why we were canceled. Like all jokes aside, <laughs> I I think it was the algorithm. It was the algorithm. I think that that's what people say when they don't really know why something happens on YouTube, right? It was the algorithm, right? And I submitted an appeal, and they said, "Um, we're gonna keep you guys banned." <laughs> <laughs> then I submitted an appeal, and they submitted a restraining order. We're, we're the last true bastions of resistance. I, I don't know I'm... against the uh, against the corrupt media. Yeah, against the current media. <laughs> yeah, Paul says his opinions on in game, and everyone's like, "No, um, literally canceled." I can't believe that Minions Two: Rise of Gru was better than Endgame. <laughs> oh yeah, you saw Rise of Gru. Yeah, and I'll be real, that's all I want to talk about, because that's what I saw last night. We, we I'll go see it, and we can do like a two-hour bonus episode for our Patreons. We don't have Patreons, but I'll, I'll, I'll make a Patreon account just so that people can um, listen to us talk about Gru. Make, yeah, listen to us talk about Gru for a really long time. We'll be watching the, uh, the three-hour Snyder Cut also. All right, I'm going to do a, a coin flip. Okay. In the words of J. Cole, this is what you call a flip. Tails. So we talk about the babysitter. Who's J. Cole? 
He's a rapper. Okay, my bad. He's like a really good rapper. Okay, sorry, I don't know rap. No, that's, uh, that's fine. I we're just... gonna have to spin off into. I can't believe he made me listen to that. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're doing the babysitter. Do you have the facts about the babysitter? All right. Well, the babysitter is a 2017 American teen uh, black comedy horror film, um, and it was written and directed. Oh no! Wow, it was directed by McGee, but was written apparently by uh, by Brian Duffield. Um, it starred uh, Judah Lewis, Samara Weaving, uh, Hannah Mae Lee, Robbie Amell, and Bella Thorne. Um, and it came to Netflix in 2017. I looked up, um, just because I was curious, I looked up Mick G. Um, and apparently he, he was originally a, uh, a music video uh, director. And he created the legendary uh, music video for Smash Mouth's uh, All-Star. Really? Yeah, that makes sense. I, I get similar <laughs> vibes. Um, All right. So yeah, what what so, uh, what what happened in this movie, Dylan? So this is like one of the first movies we've done that has like a really just straightforward. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Plot. Um. So there's a kid who is kind of he's he's like a normal seems like a normal te- seems like a normal teenager, not teenager, preteen. And he's scared of everything. Um, he has bullies and stuff, but uh, he's really close to his babysitter. And one night he stays up late to see, you know, like what she does. And she she actually invites people over and they're in a satanic cult. And they're stealing his blood um, to do like rituals. And they kill a guy. And he's trying to escape them, and it, it's kind of um, Home Alone meets a, a teen slasher movie, except the teens are the ones trying to kill somebody, but they still end up dying. Um, and King King Batch is in it. I didn't the, know who that was until you told me. <laughs> yeah, the guy from Vine. Um, I remember Bella Thorne, because my... I It, it was a little after my time, but... Um, my little siblings watched, um, when they were watching Disney Channel, there was a show called Shake It Up, and it was her and Zendaya, like, before Zendaya got super big. Huh. Yeah, they, they played, like, dancers on a Chicago dance show. I don't remember much about it, but, yeah, in this movie, Bella Thorne's, like, a kind of vapid cheerleader but she's also you know a psychopath all right is that your summary that's my summary yes all right there's the summary um yeah i i just you know again i feel like this was this was um i mean most of this movie i was sitting there and i was like that's stupid but like after it was like over i was like i want to see more movies like this (laughs) like i really like this style and i want more movies like this and when i didn't find them i just watched this movie again so i guess i liked it like a lot (laughs) yeah i liked um, it more than i thought i would you know that's fair uh okay so what was your favorite part of the movie um i really liked the one guy in the cult who was um he he was like you know i'm gonna kill you but then he also was kind of a bro to the kid (laughs) yeah no that was funny um he was like he he stops mid trying to kill him to try to help him stand up to his bully and just that whole performance was it was it was really fun really interesting actually 
I yeah, love I feel like he was one of the better actors uh, in yeah. it. Um, what was the most cringe part of the movie? Most cringe part was probably King Batch. <laughs> you know, that's um, fair. I know you, you hadn't seen him, but I feel like we all liked his videos back in like 2014. Um, but this is going to sound like chronological snobbery or whatever, but I, I feel like we've evolved <laughs> and his, I mean, someone else was writing it, so you can't really blame him, but it, it really did come across as like his humor when, when they're like, you know, dealing with somebody going around or people dying, he goes, oh, black lives matter, man. Like really? <laughs> it's kind of tacky. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But I do think it is kind of funny to have somebody with that Vine influencer personality also being us, like in a psychopath Satan worshiping cult. <laughs> yeah, that's a little funny. So I'll give them that. I feel like they figured out that a little bit of him went a long way because they killed him first. <laughs> they did, <laughs> which also perpetuates a, a problematic trope. But you know. You get in this uncomfortable place here with things like this, though, too, where you're just like, is it perpetuating or is it a nod at this point, you know? It, it might, yeah, it might be a nod. Um, I do like his line, like, this ain't home alone. <laughs> um, also that it was like an accident that he died horrifically. Yeah, it was just kind of like, I feel the, the tone for the whole thing was set by like one terrible accident. And I kind of like when that happens. Speaking of that, the... Um... That when the the cool dude gets hung, you can see like his spine. Mm -hmm. That that was that really freaked me out in a good way. Yeah, it was pretty creepy. That that was like the most physically cringe moment. But that's fair. I mean, like, I I honestly thought the most the most physically cringe was was the the trophy going through the neck. That was. Oh, yeah. um, I like the fire poker getting ripped out of that guy's skull though. I thought that was. Yeah. What was your most cringe moment? Like as far as. You know, the colloquial cringe. Oh, the, okay, the most cringe moment. I think the most cringe moment was probably when they were, uh, when they were, like, comparing their, like, made-up teams of characters, and it had, like, a very Big Bang Theory sort of energy, where it was, like, oh, yeah. really mainstream nerd references. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, also, okay, so the, the make, the spin the bottle scene went on a little too long. I hate kiss noises, like the smacking or whatever. <laughs> and it, it just, ugh. <laughs> that That's a me thing, I guess, but. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. I really like, I really like, like, um, like that, like James Gunn style, like directing and stuff where everything sort of, you know, rolls smoothly together in almost a comic book sort of way. And I thought that really worked for this movie as far yeah. as like the text popping up everywhere and stuff. Oh yeah, that that was interesting. Okay, which of the terrible teens would you be? <laughs> which one would I be? Um, let's see. I'd like to think I'd be a uh, the muscular, cool guy, but I probably would be King Batch, the one who's just saying a bunch of irrelevant stuff and complaining like, "Oh no, I've got my uh, blood all over everything." <laughs> You know, that's fair. I, I, I will say this. I underestimated your level of self-actualization because I thought you would say sacrifice Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not a terrible teen, though. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> he was the first one who, like, popped in my head, but I'm like, he's not part of the cult. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Technically, he's not an option. Who would you be? Uh, probably the goth girl that gets exploded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, okay, and what is your rating? How many Dylan heads do you give this film? I, I really enjoyed it. It was kind of dumb, but uh, I'm going to go with like a 6 out of 10. That's fair. Like I'll accept that. 6.5, maybe. Yeah, I think I really enjoyed it. It was kind of dumb is a really fair assessment. I'm glad you really enjoyed it, at least. <laughs> yeah, I I love how this might be like the only time there's been a you know, a, a not all women moment in a movie. I thought that was a good touch, honestly. Yeah. As opposed to a not all men or, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know what it is because it's not like I had, like, it's not like I myself had like some kind of like, I wasn't like one of those kids who like crushes on older women or anything like that. But like, for some reason, those like weird, like coming of age stories, like from the male perspective, I don't know. For some reason, I, they, they hit really well a lot of the time. Finally, a coming of age story for us guys. <laughs> for us guys, they don't make anything for men. <laughs> make something for the boys, please. <laughs> for once, they don't make any movies for 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 guys. They're all made for they're all made for girls. That's true. Okay, I, I feel like there's more to say, but I can't think of what it is. So I guess we should uh, do the next movie. Poisoned. Cursed, haunted, overgrown. The land of Laskmere, kingdom of the Rot Lord. Here, humanity struggles to survive the oppression of the wild beasts and plagues. Hunters from among the people rise up to challenge the monsters of the Rot Lord's domain. The kingdom's disdain tells the story of Cardinal, a young man who begins his journey naked in the cave of a man-eating mountain spider, along with Sirish, blessed blade princess of Alderoy and Mad Crossbones, necromancing alchemist of the Dark Elves. He follows the light of the fiends down his path with one goal. He must kill the Rot Lord himself. Read Web of Bones, book one of The Kingdom Sustained, now on Amazon Kindle. The Station Agents. Yes. Probably my favorite movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like you pulled that one. Uh, you pulled that one on me, kind of uh, unexpectedly. <laughs> no, I, I told you like when I assigned it, right? I think you said it was one of my one of your favorite movies. I, I guess it it oscillates between that and Royal Tannenbaums. You know that's fair. That's fair. Um, so it's a 2003 um, comedy drama. I don't. It, it's not really a laugh out loud comedy, but it is technically classified as a comedy. Yeah, it didn't really strike me as a comedy, honestly. Directed and written by Tom McCarthy, starring Peter Dinklage, Patricia Clarkson, Bobby Cannavale, I guess. And, oh, Michelle Williams is in it. I didn't know that. How? There's like three people in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) I think she was the librarian. Peter Dinklage is... um... Peter Dinklage lives in a in like a like a toy train shop um with his friend who's like this older guy and he, he doesn't there. really have much of a social life or anything like that and they watch uh videos of trains like they get groups together there and watch like movies about trains then his friend dies of a heart attack or something and bequeaths him like a like a train station somewhere in New Jersey and he walks for miles, I guess. I, presumably, I think he's going from New York to New Jersey. I guess. And 
he goes to live in this uh tiny like train station right that that's what it is yeah, it, it's not really running anymore, but yeah, it's like yeah, it's a it's like a defunct uh, train station, and he's really reclusive and doesn't you know there's no one around anyway. But then this guy shows up and he's got a hot dog stand, and this dude is like super bored and he keeps trying to like hang out with Peter Dinklage, and Peter Dinklage is like, "Leave me alone! I don't want to hang out with people. I just want to die alone in my train station." <laughs> and, um. Then there's this this lady who keeps almost hitting him with her car, Peter Dinklage, and I don't. She's like, she's like an old old middle aged lady. I don't I don't know. I was kind of confused about the age that she was supposed to be. Um, <laughs> then they gradually for, form an unlikely like friendship, the three of them, and it's heartwarming, I guess. And. The, then the lady kicks them all out of her life because she's got this tension with the uh, with the one guy from Mad Men, um, <laughs> who uh, is like her ex husband and is having another kid after like their one kid died, and um, but eventually she like lets lets Peter Dinklage in on it and he like uh, saves her life or something and. Then they're friends again at the end. That's kind of a summary, right? Yeah. Oh, I figured out something else that these movies had in common. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's just a vague connection to the TV show Mad Men. <laughs> because the one guy who played... Um, crap, I can't remember the character. But the one guy from Mad Men is the ex-husband. And also... That was what I wanted to say. Um, in, in The Babysitter, he somehow watched all of the TV show Mad Men in one night. Which is physically impossible. <laughs> oh right yeah it's like there's like seven seasons or something and of like 20 like hour-long episodes that's not like how time works <laughs> maybe he he looked up the important ones that's not the same as a person who's had to sit through that whole show that's not the same <laughs> <laughs> love how you say had to <laughs> <laughs> i chose my words carefully okay so yeah it's a Pretty straightforward slice of life, um, but uh, what was your favorite part of the movie? Ah, you're giving me the same abstract question I'm always giving you. <laughs> I think I think one of okay, so so weirdly, I think what's cool about these like slow slice of life movies is that like a lot of the time the small things are like the negative space or the strong moments. I think one part that hit me really hard, weirdly, was when. Um, was when that group of like that group of like uh like like hillbilly people or whatever showed up next to the uh hot dog stand and they were trying to get uh Joe the hot dog guy to hang out with them and we know that this guy is desperate for social interaction like he's so uncomfortably extroverted but like he just completely was like no I'm not interested in all at all and you get you you finally pick up on the fact that the reason he's so lonely is because he does not want to spend his time with terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's why he's, that's why he's hounding Peter Dinklage because he, because Peter Dinklage is not a terrible person and he wants to hang out with somebody who isn't awful. <laughs> Someone who's just, a, yeah, a decent guy. And weird. And weirdly, I felt like that hit really hard. Like, Oh, he has the, like he, like he could hang out with people, but he doesn't because he, because of like his moral standards. <laughs> What was uh your I guess least favorite or yeah least favorite part? I'm trying to think. What was my least favorite part of this movie? 
I don't want to say that it's the fact that it was too slow. Almost the opposite. Like, I feel like there... Honestly, okay, okay, so here's my hot take. I think that the times when it was trying to be a comedy worked against it. Because I felt like the rest of the movie flowed really naturally, and you were kind of like an outsider looking in on these people's, like, really strange, like, unique life experience. But anytime mm-hmm. the movie felt like it was nodding or winking at me, it sort of took me out of the illusion. I can see that. I felt like um, Joe the hot dog guy, I felt like he was natural. His character was naturally funny. Yeah. But yeah, when other stuff happened, it, it was a little. I don't know. I, I, I thought it, it worked fine. But yeah, that is one of the weaker points. Yeah. Like if I had to pick something. Which character do you relate to the most? In this film. Oof. Oof. Oh, there's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> cat problems, am I right? As, as, as I may have mentioned uh, earlier, I don't think the listeners have heard, my cat has been trying to dig into a trash bag this entire time, and I keep having to get up and pull her out of it. Um, <laughs> which, which character do I relate to the most? I think it depends on the, like, like what part of my life. Uh, what part of my life it is because I feel like a lot of the time I've definitely been Peter Dinklage, but sometimes sometimes I'm also the hot dog guy. It's. <laughs> I think when we first met, I was kind of the hot dog guy, and you were Peter Dinklage. Yeah, I think we swap roles sometimes. <laughs> we do. <laughs> sometimes I'm I'm the I'm the depressed lady who hit almost hits him with her car. Yeah, no, that, that's that's fair. I, I think I end up there too. Are, the question, yeah, the real question is: Are you the depressed lady who almost hits a guy with her car, or are you the guy who almost gets hit by a car and like rolls off the road? Bofa, Bofa. <laughs> this this movie is 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 a depiction of the whole self. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the characters felt like real people, um, as opposed to movie characters, which was interesting. They felt yeah. like real people. But a lot of the time when that happens, I feel like it inadvertently is, like, alienating to, like, sort of, like, the empathy or relate relation levels of, like, the viewers. Because if, like, the people are super real, like, you're watching it and you're like, oh, these are real people. I'm not them. They're, they're them. But somehow this managed to depict characters that were, like, real people, but also you're like, oh, okay, me IRL, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really, one of my just favorite scenes out of anything is him realizing he survived the the train and, like, looking at the watch yeah. that had broken. Mm-hmm. I, I think I sobbed when I first saw that. Yeah, that was good, especially because, you know, um, like, his, the, the, the thing that makes him feel strange around people is also presumably the thing that kept him alive there. Um, yeah, one thing I liked about this movie uh, was was you know the way that it sort of addressed the dwarfism and uh, like the and like the disability like um, again mostly through negative space like there you know it was clearly a presence um, in the dialogue with the way he interacted with people or or largely how he expected people to uh, interact with him but um, it wasn't like overt most of the time and I, I thought that was a really good way of handling it and really how it tends to go uh in society a lot of the time yeah the the part with the the old lady taking the picture was very cringe but felt very real and yeah i think set up set up like his reasons for being 
And it was anything from that to the the guy who wasn't super invasive but did kind of stare and then the his friend at the train state or at the hobby shop is like what are you looking at yeah or um i think a good example is the moment you know when he's having this kind of uh dark night of the soul and he's at that bar and he's just drinking a lot and he senses that everybody's looking at him and you know i'm watching that and i'm like well are they looking at him because of you know, because because of his dwarfism or because, you know, he's drinking too much and stuff. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. To him, it's all of those things. It's all of it at once. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I liked how it wasn't, you know, they didn't portray most people as being, like, monsters about it. Not because, I, you know, I, I think, like, ableism is, like, a monstrous thing, but if they had just had like a bunch, you know, a bunch of the, the redneck guys come up and just throw insults. And that was yeah. the only thing he faced. It, you know, it, it wouldn't, yeah, if there was like, if he got into town and there was like signs that were like no short people allowed or something like that. <laughs> it, it felt, it feels more real. Uh, yeah. Like even the old lady is not malicious. She probably just wants to show like the picture to her grandchildren, but it's still really fucking rude. Do you think do you think anything about the fact that this was the same year that he was in um Elf where the whole joke was that he was really sensitive about his height? <laughs> oh wow, that was the same year. <laughs> I looked it up and it's the same year. <laughs> I thought that was a I, I know Peter Dinklage kind of made like a vow. He he doesn't take any like fantasy dwarf or elf roles. Um That's fair, that makes sense. Yeah, and which ended up paying off big time. Yeah. And I, I really respect that. Not that there's anything inherently wrong with playing, you know, a fantasy whatever, but I, I get it. Um, but I do think it's funny that he, he played a CEO who was called an elf by somebody who was well meaning but ignorant. Wasn't he wasn't he the evil CEO in X Men Days of Future Past too? He was. He played, he played several, like, evil business guys, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah, so uh, how many, uh, as you say, Paul heads does this one get? No, I do have to ask. Did oh, you yeah. just copy my questions? No, I mean, those, those are just <laughs> standard questions, right? <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. With this one, the questions were more to start conversations. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how? Uh, what do you rank this one? Uh, this movie kind of kicked ass. I give it eight. Oh, nice. Yeah. I finally gave you one that you really liked. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not something that I think I would go out of my way to watch again, just because it's not really my pace. But, yeah. like, it would. I, I definitely enjoyed it and was like, oh, here's something different. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's, it's like, just really simple, but also really different. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of the movies you give me, like, I can recognize that they're good, but, like, there's something about them usually. Some They each have something where I'm just like, I really didn't enjoy that part of it. <laughs> but, like, this one was a good movie. This one was great. Oh, yeah, we, we didn't really do a commercial break space. I don't know if we're still going to do commercials because that might be what got us band i don't know that doesn't seem like it makes sense it it said like spam and scams was the reason so i think maybe they thought it was just us i don't know we we just were like go buy paul's book or go get caitlin's um 
jewelry, like those are honest services, right? Like we're telling people what they're going to get if, if they buy it. Yeah, I know. I, I don't, and I don't really see how that's any different than like sponsored content. Hey there, interested in buying a cat? How about a garden or a skeleton? My name's Caitlin and I can get you all three, as jewelry design said it. My store on etsy.com slash shop slash skeleton garden co. You can buy these and more in necklace, ring, and earring form. Feel free to visit my store, Skeleton Garden Co. At the address, once again, that's etsy.com slash shop slash skeleton garden co. Thank you. All right, so our commonality is um, besides the Mad Men thing <laughs> of these two movies, is they're both. Yes, we both... decided to watch all of Mad Men in one night and discuss it here. <laughs> yes, so uh, Don Draper runs an advertising company. I, I only saw the pilot. Don Draper, does he rock or does he suck? <laughs> He's, uh, it, it's a show about like toxic masculinity or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's one of those. It's <laughs> one like of if them. Jack Horseman wasn't funny. Um, no, I mean, there's good parts of it. Don't get me wrong. It, it's a whole dialogue. <laughs> this is not to say that I think Bojack Horseman is a good show. <laughs> I think it's a good show, but that's one of those things we we disagree on. I think it's, I don't think it's as good as people say it is. Oh, it's like if The Office wasn't funny. That's a better comparison. Oh, Mad Men. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 not to go into too much detail, but I knew somebody who was uh, who was a huge fan of the show Mad Men and really hated The Office. And at one point, I pointed out that the plot beats are almost exactly identical. <laughs> 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 and they were upset about it. <laughs> they hated the office. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I um. So anyway, uh, we're we're not talking about that. Actually, we're talking about the yeah, greatest yeah, yeah. showman. For can, okay, I want you to explain the logic of us of us talking about the greatest showman. <laughs> okay, so both of our movies are the and then an occupation. Dear God, last year it was the uh, it was the year. I wonder how far removed we can get with the next one you know the babysitter the station agent i i also noticed in the first one we we combined we took one element from one movie and then another element from another and found one that had each of those but then every subsequent thing so far we've done something that has something in common with both of the movies oh yeah we should we should do the first i feel like we should try to do the first one more often because yeah. i really want to see what happens yeah i the main problem, like I think, a... is that we're going to run out of movies that we've both seen. True. <laughs> we might also just decide, like, I, I really, we really want to talk about this movie and find some convoluted way. <laughs> we to really want to talk about Minions 2 Rise of Gru. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like we need, I know the meme is dead, but we do need to talk about the B-movie at some point. Because that is, like, just a very, a very unique movie. In my opinion, a good movie. I know the meme is that it's like really bad and weird, but I I thought that it was, uh, I thought that it it succeeded at everything it tried to do. I feel like we should do a a lengthy breakdown commentary track to B movie. 
We should, yes. Um, anyway, we're talking about The Greatest Showman. <laughs> we're doing anything we can to not talk about The Greatest Showman. <laughs> so my so so my history with this movie is that um, before 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 my wife and I were married, um, when we were dating long distance, she saw it in the theater and was like, "Wow, I liked this movie." So I so I got my boys together and I was like, "Listen, I know this is a musical, but we're gonna go see it because my because my wife because." Uh, my girlfriend likes it and we did and i was like that that was pretty good and then i didn't see it again (laughs) (laughs) so it was directed by michael gracie and screenplay by jenny bix and bill condon and starring hugh jackman zach efron michelle williams rebecca ferguson and zendaya we have bella thorne in the babysitter and we have zendaya in the greatest showman Oh, a parallel that means nothing. <laughs> they were both on Sh- Disney Channel's Shake It Up. <laughs> and next week, we're going to be talking about Dune. <laughs> and Spider-Man, I guess. Because she's, she's in that. Um, there are enough people talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> that's true. There are enough people talking about Dune, let's be real. I feel like Dune, the, the Dune movie, everyone was talking about it, and then nobody is. Thank God. You didn't like it? I, I haven't seen it. I haven't well, I thought it was funny, but I'm, I'm just continuing to establish my role as as the heel in this podcast. <laughs> I'm like, uh, why am I doing a movie podcast? I've hardly seen any movies. <laughs> I'm like, I've seen a bunch of movies and I don't like them. Um, And then the ones you do like are like <laughs> ones nobody likes. <laughs> yeah, that is my eternal, uh, that is my eternal fate. To forever be alienated by by normies. <laughs> yes. Um, so the Greatest Showman is about the the life, uh, very loosely based on the life of P.T. Barnum, who did like the circuses and the freak shows and all that. And I want everyone to know that I've done a lot of research. I did a college paper on it, and it's very historically accurate. Wait, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say. So it was funny, right? Uh, so right before this movie, like came out and i i didn't know this movie was going to be a thing but i i was in a theater history and lit class and i did a research paper on charles stratton known as general tom thumb so i kind of went into this movie well you know well actually in everything (laughs) which was Um, Really, really fun as a person who kind of saw this once, liked it, and didn't really care much to constantly be receiving historical corrections from Dylan about the real life P.T. Barnum. We were also long distance at that point. Yeah, we were long distance. (laughs) We still are, unfortunately. Maybe that distance will end. Me, you, and Krista were all like in different states at that point. (laughs) Yeah. So Krista's uh, messaging me like, yeah, this one song kind of kind of rocks. And you're like, actually, P.T. Barnum, you know, kidnapped people and threw them in lakes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> no, the songs do rock. <laughs> well, even like removing it from the historical context, I don't think it's a, I, I, it's a really well done musical movie, but some parts of it are like eh, okay you know kind of vapid in my opinion i mean yeah i like see it's a musical that i liked so it's uh it it, it gets up there for me very rare yeah general tom thumb in real life 
he was the one who ended up bailing Barnum out when he went bankrupt, which is, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a really good narrative twist that the, the movie kind of wasted by making. It, hmm? Yeah. Wait, in the movie, didn't, who bailed him out in the movie? A fictional character named uh, Carlisle, who oh, I think okay. was loose. Zac Efron's guy, I think was loosely based on Bailey who Barnum didn't even meet till he was like 60. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're um, saying this movie uh this movie uh sort of hid the real history in order for like for advertising for for the existing circus industry. Yeah, I think so. There weren't enough clowns. Where were the clowns? Isn't it rich? <laughs> Aren't we a pair? And in the goddamn clowns. <laughs> Listen, th- this is going to get dated real quickly, but, this, you know, it's uh, it's early July in the year 2022, and everyone on Twitter is going crazy for clown girls. People have been on and off going crazy for clown girls for a while. Oh, no, there's a whole kick on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see a Charles Stratton movie. So was he a little person, too? Are we, are we, um, do we have another connection there? I, I guess we do, Yeah. <laughs> The scene where Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman are doing shots was actually how me and Paul met. It's true. Well, after after the terrible enmity part. Yeah, yeah, we were we were enemies, but then one day we went to a bar and started dancing, and he was trying to convince me to to fund his freak show, or was was. Was I trying to convince you? I it gets blurry. We were drinking. Yeah, it gets a lot. blurry. Um, it's it's not literally it's not literally true, but it it does feel spiritually true. <laughs> Who was the bartender? Who was the bartender? The bartender, uh, David. Was, huh? David. <laughs> oh no! No, it was a uh, that that guy at Finian's, <laughs> the really like sardonic deadpan dude. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You anyway, we were probably we were probably sliding shots around, but um, yeah. because of because of all of the shots, they probably weren't sliding as slickly as they were in that movie, and they were probably falling over all over the place, and we were probably stumbling around saying YouTube poop quotes. <laughs> Dinner. <laughs> you could do like you do, or you could do like me, <laughs> like arms around each other, stumbling outside. <laughs> Squad a lot. We are off. Um, so, what do we rate this movie? Oh man, it's oh I, I also just want to bring up the rewrite the stars scene with the acrobatics and all of that. I I just top tier. Like that was just a really good scene, really good use of space and dance. It was. Like the the whole movie I felt like was just very cinematically uh cinematically good and like feel good vibes. Yeah, but that one in particular, it was like, you know, the 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 visuals were telling a story you know he's a guy who's not an acrobat but he's climbing onto the ropes and you know it was it was really cool yeah it was so as far as how much i rank this movie that that might bring it up again it i i know it's just loosely based on real life but i i do have some i i've talked to some people with disabilities about it and barnum really uh, he's kind of like a villain in that history gotcha um so that does bring it down a bit but then just the the good cinematic moments bring it up so i'm gonna give it a six i'm gonna give it 
as a standalone piece, uh, divorced from history that I did yeah. not research, I'm going to give it seven and a half ball heads. Okay. No, that's no, seven, seven, just seven. Yeah. You can keep that half. We'll, we'll take, we'll take that half off for ableism. <laughs> I'm an ally. <laughs> You're an ally. I do. Okay. So I have a pitch though, for like a turn of the century circus show mm-hmm. where it's historically accurate but it's except for the fact it's filmed like a mockumentary show like the office and it's done like a workplace comedy and barnum would be played by like john c Riley, and he wouldn't he wouldn't be a full-on villain because i to be fair like just to include some of the good stuff he he was a philanthropist and like later in his life did speak out against slavery Mm -hmm. um so I would have him as like the Michael Scott type character. <laughs> right. Um, and then have Stratton and like Pinhead as sort of the real brains, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, not Pinhead. No, yeah, he was Zip Zip the Pinhead, not not Pinhead from Hell Hellraiser. Right, right, right. Not he wasn't there uh yet. He joined the circus later on. He should <laughs> No, actually just have Pinhead from Hellraiser there and <laughs> don't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> just claim it just have him be there he doesn't need to be in the hellraiser movies anymore they don't need to make any more hellraiser movies he's in the circus now will there be clowns or were clowns not a thing yet i think i think there were clowns yeah okay i was gonna say i actually did research clowns a lot and there, there were clouds and so i don't know why there were so few clowns in this film yeah that didn't make a lot of sense maybe <laughs> were they were they in like the circus at the beginning you know i don't really know Okay. I more research like the philosophy of clowns. Clown world. <laughs> like the deep the deeper meaning of clowns. Yeah. I I a lot of it might come from like Commedia dell'arte. I don't know. I also did a research paper on Commedia dell'arte. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's like a medieval Italian type uh farce clownish thing. A note from the editor. Commedia dell'arte is a renaissance type of Italian comedy, not medieval. We deeply apologize for any emotional damage done by this misconstruction of facts by this imbecile. Thank you. I like this I like this podcast dynamic we have where you're the educated one. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> um so is that is that it for this episode? Um, did we have any, did we have any, uh, games that we needed to play or anything? Oh yeah, we need to do a fuck, marry, kill. Um, okay, with the babysitter, that's gonna be hard, because most of those characters are minors. <laughs> let's say that kid's mom. No, 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 what about the, uh, the dad going through the midlife crisis? Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the really douchey one. Yeah, yeah, Um, for, uh, the station agent, um, Joe the hot dog guy. <laughs> Joe the hot dog guy. Okay, so that's that's a little bit unfair because we've got we've got choice a choice piece against a kind of a, a grody moldy hot dog. Wait, which one's the choice piece? The choice piece is Joe the hot dog guy. Oh, okay. I was about to say. No, if they're you, all if... hot dogs in this metaphor. Oh, oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, said they're, they're, they're just different kinds. Of, they're just different hot dogs. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to make it him because uh, he's the one you texted me about a lot. Oh yeah, that's true. I was I was constantly talking about Joe the hot dog guy, and, um, and then um, for greatest showman, P.P. P. Barnum. 
Did you just say P.P. Barnum? I said P.P. Barnum. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe Zac, uh, I don't know, Zac Efron's unfair because he's a god among men. And I I mean, Hugh Jackman was voted like the sexiest man alive. I mean, I I admire his infectious energy, but um, (laughs) Zac Efron is, I don't know, man. Something about him. He should be in more stuff. (laughs) This podcast is actually a farce to gradually get Dylan to admit that to his homosexual feeling. It's not actually going to be that gradual. It's going to be like episode five. (laughs) I just really like Zac Efron. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, we'll we'll do P.T. Barnum, Joe the Hot Dog Guy, and Grody Midlife Crisis Man. (laughs) Grody Midlife Crisis Man. Okay, you go first. Okay, Mary Joe. Fuck Barnum, kill Grody Midlife Crisis Man. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the only answer. Like, we, it was kind of an uneven scale. <laughs> real life, I, I might might kill real life Barnum, but... Yeah, but, like, you don't want to marry, like, he had some issues with his marriage. In the movie. Yes, in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that movie, one more thing I wanted to say. That movie did Jenny Lynn dirty. She yeah, was, that's what I've heard. That stuff about her, like, giving most of her money to charity is true. Mm-hmm. And in in real life, she backed out of Barnum's show because she was uncomfortable with how much, like, spotlight he was giving her. Right, right, right. So she she was, like, a goddess among people. <laughs> I keep saying that, but... A goddess among... <laughs> Episode three, a goddess among people. <laughs> yes. I almost said among women, but I'm like, no, no, I'm not gendering it. I'm saying... People everybody pp folks <laughs> i hate the way the word folks sounds folks with an x oh man no i i guess that's like inclusive or something but like why why the x like it can still be inclusive without that what about what if we replace the the f with an x so it's like zolks zolks that sounds cool <laughs> we're gonna call everybody zolks yeah she's a goddess among among zolks all right, that that can be something our fans our fans start uh, our fans can start being called Zolks. Our three fans, <laughs> yeah. who are my mom, your wife, and uh, Joey. <laughs> Bless you, Joey. Please don't stop listening. <laughs> All right, so what's our meeting? Oh, oh wait, we we haven't done our assignments yet. Oh yeah. Okay. So my assignment is I, you know, like I cut it out of the last episode, but I originally was going to assign you like a musical on YouTube. Yeah. Um, this time I want to assign you twisted by a star kid. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> How? Okay. I've tried to watch a very Potter musical before. How the fuck long is twisted? <laughs> um, wait, let me look at it. <laughs> like I, I'll do it, but you want to be prepared. Yeah. Uh, two hours. Okay, two that's hours, not so bad. Thirteen minutes. I feel like Harry Potter musical was like was like four hours long, but that it kind of dragged. Yeah, I, it had some really good like highlights, but they were trying to do like the entire like seven book series. Mm. Um. Okay. For my assignment, I will be giving you. 1962 black and white Japanese uh, Japanese film by uh, Akira Kurosawa, Sanjuro. Sanjuro, okay. Yes, which can be found on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, okay, nice. I mean, for rent. <laughs> <laughs>
That's that's the only place I found it. And obviously, Twisted can just it's free on YouTube. Yep. This is um, one that I think that I recommend everybody watch. Uh, so, audience members at home, it's a very good movie. Yes, and we'll we'll probably decide the third one off. Um, because we we always kind of decide it away from the conversation. So I mean, can we? Okay, but off the top of our heads, can we think of like a samurai like comedy musical? <laughs> samurai comedy musical. <laughs> if we could, that would be really impressive. But I don't think we can. We could talk about uh, Samurai Jack. <laughs> it's not a musical. The end was so bad, though. <laughs> I didn't watch the newest season. I I wasn't a Samurai Jack kid. Like I watched it when it was on, but it was. I I don't think I appreciated quiet moments at that age. Oh my god! Well, no, it's still hard for me. Like I've tried. Okay, so real take. I liked season five except for the ending, and the rest of the show moves so slow. It's hard for me to watch. Okay, I liked that coup. Oh yeah, no, he was a great villain. Yeah. All right, so that's that's about it for this episode. All right, are you ready to do our uh, our outro? Yes. One, two, three. I can't, I can't believe, believe that he, he made, made me watch, watch that. that. And end of podcast. <laughs>